0: Al Kenny, and West. Let's just go ahead and get it over with, because Al, you're going to be the topic. That's right, once again. Well, check this out. Apparently, last week it was very busy for Al Kinney and West because they decided to get a part-time job because they were tired of all this fancy living, retirement living, right, Al? Yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway, so uh, so they decided to answer this ad in the paper that was saying that Metro, the police department here in Vegas, was looking for some new detectives. Yeah, and since they all had military backgrounds, they they thought, hey, this is a shoe in, man. We'll give it a try. Okay, so, so they go down to the police station there and the policeman in charge, he's interrogating them and testing their skills and recognizing a suspect. And so he starts with Al. And, and so he shows, uh, or he starts with Wes and he, and he, he shows uh, Wes a picture for five seconds and then he hides it and he says, this is your suspect, how would you recognize him? And Wes goes, well, <laughs> that's easy, man. That's a piece of cake. We're gonna catch him fast because he has only one eye. And the policeman says, well, Hello. He has only one eye because the picture is, shows his profile. That's a side view. That's just one side of him. What you? So the policeman, he says, he says, he's a little flustered at Wes's ridiculous response, and so he flashes the picture to Kenny for five seconds, and then he asks him, this is your suspect. How would you recognize him? And Kenny says, oh, man, he's gonna be way too easy to catch because he has only one ear. And the policeman says, what's the matter with you two? Of course he has only one eye and one ear showing because it's a picture of his profile. Is that the best you can come up with? So the policeman, he's a little frustrated now, and so he shows the picture to Al over there. And in a very trusty voice, he says, this is your suspect, how would you recognize him? And so Al, he says, hmm. He said, "Uh, the suspect wears contact lenses. And the policeman says, He's surprised, he's a little speechless because he, he himself doesn't even know if the suspect wears contact lenses or not. And so, so he says to Alex, he says, hey, that's a pretty interesting answer. Wait here for a few minutes and I'll check his file and get back with you on that. And so he leaves the room and he goes into his office, he checks the suspect's file and he comes back with this beaming smile on his face and he says, wow. I can't believe it. It's true. The suspect does, in fact, wear contact lenses. Great work. How are you able to make such an astute observation? And Al says, that's easy. He can't wear regular glasses because he has only one eye one ear. (laughs) Now, now folks, how many guys would say that that Metro police officer was having one of the worst days of his life there? You know what I'm saying? It's just... But that's right, uh, Dario, believe it or not, did you know the Bible says there's going to be a day even worse than that one uh, coming to the whole planet? And the Bible says that day is going to happen, believe it or not. You don't need to be a detective to figure this out. Just read the Bible. Okay? That day is going to be at the rapture of the church. And the reason why it's the worst day ever is because for those who refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, you are going to be catapulted into the seven-year tribulation. And that is not a joke. The Bible says it's an outpouring of God's wrath on a wicked and rebellious planet. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, it's going to be a time of greater horror this world has ever seen or will ever see again. In fact, if God did not shorten that time frame, the whole entire human race would be destroyed. But as we begin seeing is praise God. He gives us an opportunity. He's not just a God of wrath dishing out his justice. He's having the last word on evil and suffering. Nobody gets away with nothing. That's good news but he's also a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, he's given us so many warning signs to let us know when it's getting near. The seven-year tribulation and Jesus Christ, his second coming. Therefore, in order to keep you and I from experiencing this ultimate bad day of being left behind, we're going to continue our study. That's right, the final countdown. Now, if you've been tracking with us, you've already seen the number 10 sign on the final countdown because it's a countdown. The number 10 sign was? Jewish Jewish people, that's a good response. Let's try the next one. The number nine sign was? Modern technology, praise God, I paid John five bucks, it's paying off. the number eight sign is? Man, I'll give you six bucks, but no I won't. But anyway, that's right. And the last five times, if you were here, we saw was the number seven sign, the rise of falsehood. And what we saw is God lovingly foretold you and I, that when we see across the planet, this increase of false Christ, false myths, false teachings, and last time, even more false prophets, spread new age lies in the church, And we saw that the next one was environmentalism. And it was the same New Age lie. They too are having this promotion of an earth worship, a one world worship, and a female deity worship, which is exactly what Revelation 17 says is coming in the last days. So guess what? This means you're in that generation, man. It's getting close. You are living in the last days. But that's not all the third way that New Age is seducing people right under our noses. Listen, it's not just the promotion of a Hollywood mogul, Oprah Winfrey show. Okay, It's not just the promotion last week with a healthy earth, the environmental movement, but it's also with the promotion of a healthy body. A healthy body. Man, they're slick, okay? It's all being used as a platform, folks. It's a smoke screen to get us to where they want us to go, and it's not pretty, okay? What I'm really talking about, the first phase of this, is the vegetarian movement. What? What's wrong with eating veggies? Nothing's wrong with eating veggies, okay? And as I said last week with the environmental movement, I'm not against people recycling, smash those cans if you want to. I'm not against that. And even today with the vegetarian movement, I'm not against if you want to eat veggies for the rest of your life, go for it, I'm serious. My son loves green beans, pass them on, man. It's serious, eat them. But I'm telling you folks, just like the environmental movement, it's being used as a smokescreen to sucker you in to new age lies. And believe it or not, the Bible said this is exactly what's gonna happen. In the last days, but again, don't take my word for it. Open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter four. He tells us exactly what's gonna happen in the latter days or the last days, okay? 1 Timothy chapter four, let's take a look. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, what do you do? back up is a good answer that's right first timothy chapter four let's take a look at what he talks about uh this food topic food what food got to do with the last days oh boy does it have everything the bible believe it or not if you read revelation comes up a couple different times okay and that's very important let's take a look first timothy chapter four verses one through five and how can you get any more plain than this listen to what paul says there he says the spirit i.e the spirit of god clearly says that in the what Latter times, last days, whatever. Here's what's gonna happen, okay? You wanna know what's gonna happen when you're getting close to the last days? Here's what's gonna come down the pike. He says, some will abandon the faith. does that happen? Yeah, Lord willing, we'll get to that on a different topic. And what are they gonna do? They're gonna follow deceiving spirits, not the spirit of God. And listen, these are things that are actually taught by who? Demons. And such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. No matter what you say, how many Bible verses you quote, Adam, mm -mm, won't listen to it. So it's demonic and their consciences are seared. And here's the point. Here's what they do. Here's the false teachings in the last days. Number one, what do they do? They forbid people to what? Marry. And they order them. It's not an option anymore. They order them to what? abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Why? Because it is consecrated by the word of God and by prayer. Why do we crazy Christians always have this habit of having to pray before our meals? It's right there, okay? is why we do that thing, okay? And, uh, but seriously, folks, in the last days, the Bible clearly says that some people are actually not only going to be turning away from the faith but they are actually going to be turning towards demonic teachings right i didn't say that teachings that come from demons number one in the last days there's going to come a teaching on the planet that forbids people to marry does anybody do that today no actually they do there's the catholic church is one of them another whoa that's kind of interesting that's a whole another topic okay but that's but number two this is where i want to focus on with our study what else do they say they order people to what to abstain from certain foods. Man, that just sounds kind of out there, doesn't it? Forbid people to marry, why would you do that? Okay, and why would you order people to stay away from certain food, right? Well, first of all, folks, think about this. Is this not exactly what the vegetarian movement is saying that we need to do right now? Do they not say that we need to abstain from certain food products, i.e. meat? Right? Now listen, it's a personal choice if you want to do that, whatever, but that's not what it is. They act like what we're doing is something sinful, and we need to be ordered to stop. The Bible says there's nothing wrong with that, and let's take a look at just two texts dealing with that. Old Testament, after the flood, yes, originally it was vegetarian, but after the flood, the earth radically, radically changed, okay, and uh, physiologically, everything changed. People changed, the atmosphere changed, animals changed, and so God says, I'm going to give you a new food supply, and here's what he says, Genesis chapter nine, verse two through three, the fear and dread of you will fall upon all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air, upon every creature that moves along the ground, upon all the fish of the sea, they are what? They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I did before I give you the green plants, I now give you what? Everything, now it's not just Old Testament folks, it's in the New Testament. Colossians chapter two, verse 16, Paul says, therefore, in light of this, He says, do not let anyone judge you, Christian, by what you eat or drink, okay? Now stop and think about it. Isn't that exactly what the vegetarian movement does? Do they not judge us by what we eat by telling us we have to restrict ourselves from certain food products? It's the same thing, okay? And you might think it's minor, but I'm telling you there's a seduction that's going on here. The average person thinks they're helping to save the animals by becoming a vegetarian so they can help save the planet. But in reality, they're helping to spread the beliefs of the new age movement. Once again, let's do the parallel. What does new age teach folks? Let's take a look. Remember what we saw? They say that all is God, the earth, the animals and plants, everything they believe uh, is God. And then they also say that man is destroying the earth along with animals and plants. And unless he changes his ways, Mother Earth will be forced to destroy humanity. And of course, Christianity is the biggest culprit in destroying the Earth by teaching that man had dominion over the Earth when the Earth, they say, is actually supposed to be a living being. Okay, now we saw that before, but I have to bring it up in the context, folks. Uh, This is what we saw. That's not only New Age, but that's also what the vegetarian movement also teaches. Do they not say that the Earth and plants, especially animals, are sacred, almost to the point of worship? Yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. And even though the Bible clearly says that we can give thanks for every food product and enjoy it, the vegetarian movement mocks it and makes us feel guilty so that we will be ordered to restrain from it. Don't believe me? Here's a commercial that was actually banned, and this is how they're promoting their belief system. Let's take a look. Sure.
1: Dear God, thank you for the turkey we're about to eat.
0: And for the turkey farms, where they pack them into dark, tiny little sheds for their whole lives. Thank you for when they burn their feathers off while they're still alive. And for when turkey gets kicked around like a football and killed by people who think it's fun to stomp on their little turkey heads. And special thanks for all the chemicals and dirt and poop that's in the turkey we're about to eat.
1: Oh, and thank you for rainbows. Amen. Let's eat.
0: Wow. PETA, people for the ethical treatment of animals. We'll get to that in a second. Whoa, wait a second. You guys clearly saw, we we better go vegan, man. I mean, don't you feel bad? Don't you feel horrible for that turkey? Don't you? (laughs) Folks, again, I'm telling you, there's a seduction going on here. They're playing the guilt card on us, okay? I am not against for having better treatment for animals in factories, okay? But again, as John stated, last time I checked, if you're gonna eat all the food that God said we could with thanksgiving, Turkey's gotta go. It's gotta go somehow, okay. And again, I'll say it again, I am not for the inhumane treatment of animals. Nobody is. But I'm telling you, this is a seduction. It's just like the environmental movement. It's just like Hollywood. The vegetarian movement is using a, a smokescreen to sucker you in down a, listen, a spiritual path. They take to a practical, they take a, a personal choice And it's a platform to sucker you into new age. Let me give you one example. One such society is called SERV, S-E-R-V, the Society of Ethical Religious Vegetarians. Now that's your first clue that there's something more going on here than just not eating meat and, and eating green beans, whatever, okay? They're religious vegetarians, okay? It's spiritual. And they too, just like New Age, say that man and Christianity is the biggest culprit in the destruction of the earth via eating animals. And they too also promote a global movement to unify people in order to save the animals and only eat a plant-based diet to save the planet from destruction. In fact, they're totally blunt about it. Let me give you what uh, the average vegetarian, I mean, you can start down that route, but the more you get into it, they, they just sucker you into their religious goal. And here's what it is. And this is a direct quote. They say, we need... An interfaith effort. Can I translate that? All religions have to come together for this issue. And that's what they said. We need an interfaith effort in order to gain a more humane, just, peaceful, and environmentally sustainable world. We'll get to that sustainable thing. What do they mean by that? in a little bit. We believe that by applying spiritual values to scientific knowledges encourages plant-based diets with major benefits to humans, animals, and the environment. Notice how this spins in with the environmental movement as well. Okay, it is essential that there's a major shift towards vegetarianism to, listen to this, it's the panacea of everything, to end diseases, horrible, Treatment of animals, threats to ecosystems, global climate change, wasteful use of water, land, fuel, widespread hunger, and increasing violence. Through the efforts, listen, of environmentalists and vegetarians and animal rights activists, the earth will become a healthier, happier place for all species to live. Folks, what has that got to do with eating celery? Right? It's obvious somebody is using this movement as a platform to promote new age teachings and fulfill Bible prophecy that there's gonna come a day when you are going to be ordered to restrain yourself from certain food products. In fact, folks, it's already going global. Listen to this. I mean, you think the UN is taking care of all the wars and all the atrocities on the planet. Here's what they're promoting right now. This is from the UN and I quote, folks, we need to eat less meat to save the planet. From the United Nations, they're pushing it. And they say this quote, the world needs to change to a more vegetarian diet to stand a chance of tackling climate change. You know, supposedly save the planet from destruction. Folks, I'll say it again because I don't want you to miss my point like last week with environmentalism. I'm not against being a vegetarian. I'm not against being concerned about animals. I'm not against that. If you want to eat veggies for the rest of your life, go for it, I'm serious. That's your personal choice. If you want to work to help save mistreated animals, hey, more power to you and I mean that but that's not what's going on here. You're being seduced. The problem is this, folks, is when you place animals before man and begin to worship them above God. That's not only New Age, but it's fulfilling Bible prophecy that was said would happen in the last days, 1 Timothy 4, okay? But that's only stage one of a plan to get you and I used to somebody else outside of us controlling our diet. Believe it or not, it has a lot to do with Bible prophecy. The Bible also says that we are headed for a time when we're not gonna be ordered to restrain from a certain food product, there's gonna come a time on planet Earth when the whole planet is going to have a controlled diet. In other words, somebody is gonna tell you what you can and cannot eat, period. I didn't say that, God did. If you're reading the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter six, here's what's coming, folks. Okay, according to the Bible, during the seven year tribulation, verses five and six in chapter six, when the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come. And I looked and there before me was a black horse and it was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages, you know, food, okay? And three quarts of barley for a day's wages and do not damage the oil or the wine, okay? We dealt with this text briefly on a different issue uh, a few studies back, but if you guys were there, we recall this is the text that tells us about the famine conditions during the first half of the seven year tribulation. And what it tells us is the famine conditions across the planet is so bad that the world is actually going to be on some sort of global food distribution program just to stay alive. Because that's what's going on there. the, The context is global. And what it said there is one day's work, you're gonna have to work for your food. One day's work, you could get a quart of wheat for yourself, that's it. Or you could opt out for that in this global food distribution program Okay, and you could have three quarts of barley, as we saw, it's a less nutritional meal, literally next to animal feed. Okay, and then that could feed you and your family of two, that's it, for working all day. Now, here's the point. Guess what the new age movement has been promoting that we need to do right now? In order to save the planet, we have to have some form of authority over our food, water, and even health supply. Let's take a look at that uh, teaching, folks. Here's what he says. In order for the world to be at peace, we already saw this, but you put all the pieces together. In order for our world to be at peace and harmony, there must be a what? A new world order, a universal monetary system, and what was tucked away in the middle here? A world authority on what? Food, health, and water. And of course, a universal tax, military draft, a one world leader, and that's right, the abolishment of guess who? Christianity, we already dealt with that, okay? But what you see here, folks, is it's important to understand what they're doing. This is what they believe, this is what they're promoting. And so my question is this, it's one thing to believe this. It's one thing to promote this. But do we see any signs today of the world's food supply actually coming under the hands of a single global authority? Yes. In fact, folks, most people don't realize this. Uh, Whether you realize or not, our world's food supply right now is just in the hands of three entities. Controls the whole world food supply. They are Cargill, Monsanto is number one. ConAgra is number two. Number three is the joint venture of Novartis and ADM, which stands for Archer Daniels Midland. Now listen, believe it or not, they even admit that if you want to control the world and hence control the people, forget fuel, forget gas and oil. You've got to control the food supply. In fact, the former chairman of Archer Daniels Midland, a guy named Dwayne Andreas says this. He says the food business is far and away the most important business in the world everything else is a luxury food is what you need to sustain everyday life food is fuel you can't run a tractor without fuel and you can't run a human being without it either he said food is the absolute beginning of what listen those who control the food system will have the ultimate and economic power can I translate that for you those who control the food supply control the planet. And the Bible said in the last days, people are not going to be told in order to restrain from certain food. It's going to, you're going to get used to that. Stage two, a global entity is going to take charge of the food supply, and during the seven-year tribulation, if you're there, they're going to dish out your food supply. And if you don't think this is already going on, folks, and that they aren't really making these kind of preparations, you need to explain to me why Bill Gates, among other Elites from around the world are building what's called the Doomsday Seed Vault in the middle of the Arctic. It was actually on the news, but I don't think people put two and two together. Let's take a look at that.
2: We have a fascinating to show you, a story to show you tonight. You're about to see what it means to go to extremes to save the world. Dug deep into a mountain on a remote island near the North Pole, there's a project that is often called the Doomsday Vault it's really a giant freezer and inside something very tiny that could come to the rescue in the case of a global catastrophe NBC's Donna Friesen is 500 miles off the northern coast of Norway tonight on an Arctic archipelago with this remarkable effort to safeguard the world's food supply
1: if the cold doesn't kill you on Svalbard the polar bears might yet 600 miles from the North Pole high above a fjord Deep inside a mountain, is a vault built to one day save mankind. Today, the Svalbard vault received its first deposit. Seeds, more than 100 million of them, stored to preserve the world's food supply.
3: It is the newest Ark of today.
1: 400 feet underground, the bunker is a last-ditch reserve, ready to replenish the world's farmers if all else fails. Seeds are coming from all over the globe, representing every known variety of crop. And without this genetic diversity to draw from, um, where our food security is down there, you know, it's just gone. We're not only deep inside a mountain here, this place is protected by heavy steel doors, three airlocks, and a sophisticated video surveillance system. And in case that isn't enough, outside, polar bears. A place so cold and remote, It offers unparalleled security, because one day our future might lie in the seeds of the past. Svalbard's seed vaults may well play a vital role in guarding Earth's food supply in the decades to come.
0: Gosh, I I think he'd be coming out with a new computer product, or how about maybe finally fix windows from crashing or something, but I don't know, John, why why are all these rich billionaires around the world and elites building a seed vault in the Arctic? And what she say there? It could play a vital role in the protection of our food supply. Or, did you notice the verbiage there from that one guy, from the prime minister from Finland? Was that it or whatever he was from? What is, he's, it's the Noah's Ark of today. What? I mean, it's almost like they know something's coming down the pike, but they're not telling us making preparations for themselves or something. It's, it's a, a vital role for the protection of our food supply. Maybe it's a vital role for the control of our food supply. And the reason why I say that, folks, if you do the research, you'll see that the, they, you are using this, uh, the same three entities that are being used to control our food supply. They are also now moving towards controlling the seed supply. Listen to this, folks. You can check it out for yourself. They have developed what is called the terminator genes the so whole, you need to check out the genetically modified issue. I mean, that's a whole nother issue, but what they've done to the seeds is radically changed the seeds on the planet. And what they're doing with genetics is they're making what's called a terminator gene and it's, it's, it's caused the seeds to commit suicide. The second generation of the seed production is sterile, which means you have to always go back to them for your next batch of seeds. No more will seeds on the planet be able to self-replicate and make more seeds and we could grow our own food. They're using modern technology and for the first time in mankind's history, seeds don't produce seeds anymore. And you have to go back to a what? A global entity for your food. Even wheat and barley. Isn't that wild? He who controls, here's a crone theory, he who controls that seed vault you control the world, exactly like the Bible said was going to happen in the last days. But that's not all. The fourth way New Age is seducing people right under our noses, man, is with the uh, promotion of a heavenly utopia. If we'll just let these people rule the world, don't you know they know better than us, huh? They'll make sure that we have plenty of food. It's, it's just going to be awesome if we give up all of our rights, and, and I don't think so. And This is actually what the Bible talks about, the rise of the Antichrist at the very beginning of the seven-year tribulation. Revelation chapter six, verses one through two, talks about this false utopia, this false peace that he actually begins the seven-year tribulation. Verse one and two in chapter six says, I watched the lamb open the first of the seven seals. And then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. And I looked and there before me was a white horse this time. Its rider held a bow, and that's it. And he was given a crown and he rode out to conquer as one bent on conquest. Okay, don't have time to totally go into this text, but what we see here in a nutshell is the classic passage that speaks of the rise of the Antichrist at the very beginning of the seven year tribulation. And most commentators, and I'm one of them, believe that he's able to do so because he rides on the world system with the same false premise that he does with Israel. If you recall in our study, Daniel 9.27 is the very event that starts the seven-year tribulation. That's what we have here. And Daniel 9.27, he makes a what? A peace treaty with Israel for seven years, right? And so we see the same thing here. He rises to power, not just with Israel, but with the whole world with this false promise of peace. It says there he only has a bow and a crown, but no arrows. And most people think that this means he's able to accomplish this conquering of the world by means of diplomacy at first anyway, not war. He will promise not just Israel, but the whole world if you would just let me rule. I mean, after all, I did what everybody else could not do for the last 30 years and bring peace to the Middle East. Wouldn't you want me to have you as your world ruler now? and I will bring this wonderful utopia to the planet. Now, here's the one thing, folks. That's what the text says about the Antichrist. Can anybody guess what the New Age movement has been promoting for a long time now? And the movers and shakers behind the world system? Hey, that's right, they want to build a false utopia, get this, where a world leader will get to live in luxury and paradise while the rest of us, or at least those whom they decide get to live, will forever serve them on planet Earth. Isn't that awesome? Oh, Ruth, that's something to look forward to. Hey, folks, I'm telling you, as crazy as that is, that's exactly what they're doing. In fact, they believe that in order to create this utopia, right, on planet Earth, that's right, that they need to first annihilate 90% of the population of the Earth. And folks, as shocking as that is, this is what they mean in the terms in the media, we already read one, quoted one, by the term sustainable or sustainability or sustainable development. That's the code word for population control. When you see the word sustainable development or sustainability, it has to do with population control. And this is why if Christian, pay attention, no matter what we do, how many times we talk about it, just like first Timothy four says, these people have a conscience that's seared with a hot iron. You can give them scripture, you can give them common sense, you can elect new people in office, but it never changes. They've made up their minds. Nothing you can say will change it. This is why feminism, this is why birth control, this is why homosexuality, abortion, and forced sterilization across the planet right now has been allowed to continue on without interruption. Why? Because if you think of this agenda to annihilate 90% of the world's population to create your utopia, what does every one of those things I just mentioned have in common? Abortion, feminism, homosexuality, forced sterilization. You don't have babies. You are allowed to continue because you help reduce the population of the planet. In fact, abortion alone is now responsible for the murder of one billion people on the planet. And you guys might be thinking, Pastor Billy, come on. You could hear a pin drop. This is creepy central. I mean, it's obvious. Uh, Al, Kenny and Wes are getting back with you at you for all these corny dumb jokes uh, because they sprayed chicken juice on you right before you came up here and you're not thinking straight because, are you kidding me? I mean, there's no way that the world leaders around the world are serious about this, reducing the planet's population to create this false utopia. I mean, that's just a wacky conspiracy theory. Man, I got a family too, guys. Beautiful wife and two wonderful children. Frank saw them, two jammin' wiener dogs. I'd love for this not to be true. But the Bible said the society that's coming down the pike, this is why God doesn't want you there, is one of the most hideous, murderous societies that's gonna make what Hitler did look like chump change. The Antichrist is Satan's cohort, and the Bible says, John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said he's a murderer, and he's been one from the beginning. He's all about the murder and the annihilation of God's creation. And the antichrist kingdom follows along those lines. Let's take a look at their actual quotes. You tell me if the movers and shakers behind the world system don't really want to annihilate 90% of the population. Let's take a look at the first. This is Margaret Sanger. You know, the uh, founder of Planned Parenthood. What was her ultimate goal? Was it really about a woman's rights? No, 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 no. This is a direct quote from her. She called for the elimination of human weeds, for the cessation of charity, because it prolonged the lives of the unfit. And she called for the segregation of morons, misfits, and the maladjusted, and for the sterilization of genetically inferior races. Man, that sounds like the eugenics program and what Hitler was trying to do. Uh Uh-huh, that's why she was a big fan of Hitler. Here's another thing, folks. Why was Hitler doing what he was doing? If you don't understand that Hitler was an evolutionist and Hitler was an occultist with new age beliefs, he was trying to create his own utopia with the master race, the Aryan race. He was doing it based on evolutionary beliefs. And he believed that the people on the top of his evolutionary scale was the Nordic people, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed guys, uh, because they were close to pure Aryan, according to his scale. Then down below them was the Germanic people. They're brown-haired, blue-eyed, not as good, but they're predominantly Aryan. Then next on his list was the Mediterranean people. They were slight Aryan. And then you have the Slavic people. They're half Aryan, half ape. Okay, because they had this uh, degenerate bone structure, he believed, and then of course, down further on the list, almost towards the bottom, was the oriental people, he felt they were slight ape, and then there was the black African people, he believed were predominantly ape, and gee whiz, guess who was at the bottom of his scale? The Jewish people, he believed, evolutionary mindset, they were close to pure ape and they had a fiendish skull. Now listen, you need to understand his master plan was not just wicked, If God did not intervene, and men and women put a stop to this, he would have continued to annihilate the Jewish people. Listen, he wasn't done there. He was creating his master evolutionary race, his modern utopia. After he was done with the Jewish people, he was going next after the black Africans and would exterminate them. And then he would go to the Orientals and then to the Slavics, on and on up until he was left with annihilating the planet with just the people that he believed were the chosen race. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that doesn't continue on today. Listen to this, folks. These are people in our educational system and in our government. David Graber, he's a research biologist with the National Park Service. He said, quote, we have become a plague upon ourselves and upon the earth. You know, Mother Earth. Uh, Human happiness is not as important as a wild and healthy planet. He says, as a wild and healthy planet, until such time as Homo sapiens should decide to rejoin nature, some of us can only hope for the right virus to come along. What? What? Oh, it gets even worse. Uh, Jacques Cousteau wrote, this is well documented, the damage people cause the planet is a function of demographics. It is equal to the degree of development. One American, you nasty Americans, is equal, uh, burdens the earth as much as 20 Bangladeshis. He said, this is a terrible thing to say, but in order to what? Stabilize the world's population, we must eliminate 350,000 people per day. It's a horrible thing to, to say, but it's just as bad not to say it. Are you serious? That's not all. Bertrand Russell wrote, at the present, uh, the population of the world is increasing. War so far has had not a great infa- uh, uh, increase effect on this increase. He said, I do not pretend that birth control is the only way. What did he just say it's all about? It isn't about choice. They're controlling the population. And the only way that population can be kept from increasing birth control and wars, he said, there are others we could use. If a black death could be spread through. Once every generation, survivors could procreate freely, you know, your ut- utopia, without making the world too full. This state of affairs might be somewhat unpleasant, but what of it? Really high-minded people are indifferent to the suffering, especially to that of others. You know, those who have control and access to the seed vault and food. And... Excuse me? It gets even worse. Ted Turner said, people who abhor the China One Child policy are dum-dums. Because if China hadn't had that policy, there would be 300 million more people in China right now. And then he later advocated that we reduce the world's population from six billion to two billion. That's four billion people. Don't take me wrong, but I like what one guy said. He said, okay, fine. Let's start with your family. Mr. Elite. But that's not what it is. It's always somebody else, isn't it? You're the one in the power. You got all the cash. You got all the power. You're in the, in the government. It's you, you, you. And if we're... Maybe we'll get to live in your utopia. This is going on today, folks. Uh, John Holdren, he is uh, Obama's science czar, wrote that, quote, listen, forced abortions and mass sterilization are needed to save the planet. Excuse me? What's that guy doing there? He said, women could be forced to abort their pregnancies whether they wanted to or not. The population at large could be sterilized by infertility drugs intentionally put into the nation's drinking water or in their food. Interesting. And people who contribute to social deterioration. That sounds like Margaret Sanger. Uh, uh, you know, the undesirables, okay, can be required by law to exercise reproductive responsibility. That is, be compelled to have abortions or to be sterilized whether you want to or not. And he believes that we need a transnational planetary regime that should assume control of the global economy and dictate the most intimate details of American lives using an armed international police force. You're going to be forced, the text says. Man, aren't you guys glad that they're wanting to take over the healthcare system? Yeah. Oh, he's going to Medlin now, let's continue on. Uh, Dr. Eric Pianca, a scientist, gave a speech at the Texas Academy of Science where he advocated, this is well documented, the need to exterminate 90% of the population of the world through the airborne Ebola virus because we are no better than bacteria. Now, here's what's really shocking. It's one thing for that guy to say. it. He was, first of all, standing in front of a slide of human skulls, and he gleefully advocated the airborne Ebola as his preferred method of extermination of the necessary 90% of people on the planet, choosing it over age because of its faster kill period. Now, here's what's disturbing. Uh, At the end of his speech, the audience erupted, not in a chorus of boos and hisses, but a wild reception of applause and cheers. Yeah! See, that's in the university. That's the ones who's going to be taking charge in the next generation, and they're excited about it. A couple more, will close. Uh, Dr. Sam Keene, he's a New Age writer. Gee, where's all this coming from? And he is uh, stated, quote, we must speak far more clearly about sexuality, contraception, about abortion, He he freely admits it, folks, about values that control the what? It's about population control because the what? It's mixed in with environmentalism. The ecological crisis is in short a population crisis. Cut the population by 90% and there aren't enough people left to do a great deal of ecological damage. And that's why I love this quote from Dr. Uh, Michael Berliner. He wrote of the environmentalist's utter contempt for mankind. He said, such is the naked essence of environmentalism. It mourns the death of one whale or a tree, but actually welcomes the death of billions of people. Is there a more malevolent, man-hating philosophy than this? No, if your best friend is Satan, it's what he wants you to do. He's all about murder. Wow. In fact, here's what's really wild. This desire, when you put all this together, as creepy as it is, this desire to actually get excited—applause, cheers for the death of billions of people on the planet—may be yet another reason why people in the seven-year tribulation don't repent. Listen to what they were doing when the earth was being decimated of its population. Let's take a look at that. Revelation chapter six, verse seven through eight. Here's the first one: When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, "Come." and I looked and there before me was a pale horse and this rider's name was Death and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over how much? A fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine and plague and by the wild beasts of the earth. In that one judgment, one fourth of the earth will be annihilated. But that's not the only one, keep reading. Revelation chapter 9, verse 15, 18 and 20. And the four angels who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year were turned loose to kill how many? One-third of all the people on planet Earth. One-third of all the people on Earth were killed by these three plagues, by fire and the smoke and a burning sulfur. Now listen, one-fourth of the Earth, not counting the other judgments, one-fourth in one fell swoop of the planet, boom, wiped out. Right after that, shortly after that, in the, in the trumpet judgments here, one-third of the Earth that's left after the one-fourth is wiped out. You think that would be a wake-up call? Listen to the response of the people but the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to turn from their evil deeds. Why? Well, of course not, who cares, Al? I mean, they're building their false utopia. We have to have, this is great. We have to have 90% of the earth and this is just helping us all. No need to repent. This is making it easier for us, and if you don't believe me, folks, that's exactly what the New Agers are saying, this cleansing of the planet. Real soon. Let's take a
2: look. A New Age group, calling itself Solar Questers, writes, those who hinder will be removed, liquidated. They must be wiped clean off the face of the earth. The authors of a New Age pamphlet titled, Cosmic Countdown, claim to have received messages from a higher intelligence. The pamphlet says, the world should be forewarned to be on the lookout for the decimation of populations. These peoples will eventually be replaced by the new root race about to make its appearance in a newly cleansed world. But perhaps the most disturbing comments come from New Age author Barbara Marks Hubbard researchers John Ankerberg and John Weldon report that due to her vast financial wealth and influence among leading world politicians and industrialists she is having a major impact behind the scenes she has been influenced by spirits for almost two decades in her book titled Happy Birthday Planet Earth Hubbard wrote the choice is: do you wish to become a natural Christ a universal human or do you wish to die people will either change or die she says that is the choice hubbard says there have always been defective seeds in the past they were permitted to die a natural death we the elders have been patiently waiting to take action to cut out this corrupted and corrupting element in the body of humanity Hubbard's spirit guides gave her a vision of things to come they told her that out of the full spectrum of human personality, one-fourth is electing to transcend, one-fourth is destructive and they are defective seeds. Now as we approach the quantum shift from the creature human to the co-creative human, the human who is the inheritor of godlike power, the destructive one-fourth must be eliminated from the social body. Fortunately, you are not responsible for this act, we are. We are in charge of God's selection process for planet Earth. He selects, we destroy. We are the riders of the pale horse, death.
0: Their God is Satan. And she's been influenced by spirits, given her these words, these messages, for decades. And she's a mover and shaker behind the world system right now. And the Bible said in the last days that people will turn away from the faith and follow teachings from demons. And that's being promoted across the planet. But can you believe that, how sick that is? That's just like Satan. These people who want to annihilate 90% of the population think that they are the fulfillment of Revelation chapter 6. Excuse me? That is totally sick. In fact, folks, they are so brazen about it. That they have already set up a monument right here in the United States celebrating what's coming, this new utopia. It's called the Georgia Guidestones. And it's a type of New Age stone hinge that they've written and carved into the rocks, okay, in eight different languages around the world, the new guides are the new Ten Commandments of the New World Order. As crazy as this is, uh, this is, uh, let me show this to you and we'll close. Here's what they have written on these stones, okay? Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance of the nature. Their first new Ten Commandments. That's a half a billion. You got to get rid of a lot of people to fulfill that one. Okay? And then they say, guide reproduction wisely. Improving fitness and diversity. Uh, Unite humanity with a new living language. Rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Uh, Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Yeah, who's in control? Uh, Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Do we have a world court? Yeah, it's been in existence for a while. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Uh, Balance personal rights with social duties. Don't you know you're costing us too much? It's your social duty to die. It's coming, folks. And then they say, prize truth, beauty, love, and seeking harmony with the infinite. And that's right, be not a cancer on earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. You know, so they can have their utopia. And folks, I'm telling you as crazy as this is, is, we're going to close with this. Here's an actual video. You can drive there today and see this new age monument of what they're trying to build on our
3: planet. Let's take a look. If you go outside the city of Atlanta, go east about 60 or 70 miles to the town of Elberton, and then go north on Highway 77, about 10 miles. You'll find off to the right what's called the Georgia Guidestones. It looks kind of like Stonehenge, these big, huge, granite rocks set up there. This was done by a guy, we have a pseudonym, came in, paid cash, had this company, set these things up in 1980. He called himself R.C. Christian, uh, but that's not his real name. It says right on the stones, a pseudonym, false name. On these Georgia Guidestones, it gives the Ten Commandments for the New World Order. Ten Commandments for the New World Order. The the first commandment was to maintain humanity under a half billion. I went there and looked at those things and said, now hold on a minute. Today's population is six billion. They want to maintain humanity under one-half billion. Looks like a lot of people got to die for their plan to work. Which is, by the way, the plan. Jacques Cousteau said we'd have to eliminate 350,000 people a day. A third of a billion people a day would have to be eliminated to save Mother Earth. Bill Clinton said we need to reduce the population of the Earth to one billion. There are a lot of folks who would like to reduce the population of the Earth. The Bible command is quite the opposite. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the Earth. You know, God said, go fill it, have a bunch of kids. The Bible says he designed it to be inhabited. So, no, it's uh, absolutely the opposite of what God wants. How does Margaret Sanger tie into overpopulation in this uh, whole propaganda? Well, Margaret Sanger was a, a tragic uh, individual. She um, believed in, you know, reducing the population of the earth using birth control, uh, using homosexuality, using just about anything other than doing what God commanded to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So Margaret Sanger uh, started a group called the Planned Parenthood, which many people have heard of. They are one of the key people today in in the abortion industry. I mean, absolutely murdering uh, nearly 5,000 people a day are being murdered by abortion. So Margaret Sanger, we have her largely to thank for that. Other factors, of course, are involved too. But um, yeah, it's really sad. I'm sure she's going to answer to God for for what she's done with her teaching. She taught uh, that inferior races like blacks and Jews and Hispanics really need to be eliminated. She wanted to set up her um, uh, birth control clinics in these lower class neighborhoods, people that she thought didn't deserve to live, and slowly, you know, get them sterilized. Or, you know, she was really involved in the eugenics movement, which became very unpopular by World War II because Hitler took the obvious conclusion. You know, Hitler was the ultimate evolutionist. I mean, if evolution's true, then you find the uh, find those superior race that Hitler thought, of course, was the blonde haired, you know, blue eyed Germans. or Norwegians, and said, they're the superior race, so everybody else should be really slowly executed, starting with the Jews, and then you had blacks, and on and on and on. Yeah, Margaret Sanger is a tragic person uh, in history, and and what she did is (laughs) much worse than Adolf Hitler. Hitler only killed like 6 million. Margaret Sanger and and her type with the abortion industry are responsible for killing a 1,000 million. That's a billion people.
0: And it's going to be even worse in the seven-year tribulation. No wonder God warns us ahead of time. The last place you want to be is in the seven-year tribulation. And folks, this is why he's given us so many signs. So, how many, how many does he have to give us? One should be enough. But this is why he's given us the signs of the rise of falsehood, false Christ, false myths, false teaching, and again today, even more false prophets of the New Age movement even creeping into the church with the food and population control to show us it's getting near. This is why Jesus said, listen, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, when you see the world's food supply being controlled by just three entities that's gonna go down to one, when you see people not saying, oh, get out of here, you heretic, get out of this university, you murderer, but erupting in applause and cheers, yeah, let's annihilate 90% of the population with the Ebola virus. When you see these things begin to take place, Christian, you better stand up, lift up your heads because, can I translate? Jesus is coming back. And so as Christians, hello, it's the same point, folks. We have got to get busy, stop bickering, start working together, and let's do something about it. (laughs) Hello? Let alone share the gospel with people who are in danger of heading to society, whether we like it or not. And number two, if you're here today, I beg you, would you please heed the signs, heed the warnings. God is reaching out to you. This is not a game. This is real and you don't want to be there. Give your life to Jesus today because tomorrow may be too late. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die, and it's coming for each one of us, we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows, He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law, to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one says this, you shall not bear false witness, okay? That's called lying, okay? And if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar, okay? The, the, another commandment says, you shall not steal, Okay? You've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the 10 commandments. We didn't even go through all of them but I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included, and that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, They certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime, okay? Okay. Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you for your sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now wherever you are? Please. Take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, Please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.
2: Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702 452. Eight five nine nine, Or email us at bkrone at getalifemedia.com, or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.